prophetic doctrine before, and so we want to get right into it and uh, the value of and importance, amen, of growing in doctrine. Now, last month we talked about growing in what? Grace. Everybody's scale is just running over with grace, right? Everybody's grown in grace. Everybody's got so much grace you could probably share it with me and give me some more and everything, you know, because the more you get and the more you give away, the more God will give to you, right? So that's what you want to grow in grace. Amen. Never, never forget the importance and value of grace in your life. John chapter 7, verse 16 through 7. I want to thank brother and sister to move for, and all of you for, you know, overseeing things while we were gone. Amen. Praise God. John chapter 7, verse 16 through 17. Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine or my teaching or my instructions is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Doctrine is defined as a belief or a set of beliefs held and taught by a church, political party, or other groups. Doctrine means teachings or instructions. When we speak of apostolic doctrine, we are referring to the teachings and instructions of Jesus Christ and his apostles. Some of the errors that Jesus and his apostles taught was love. Holiness, forgiveness, giving, unity of the body, separation from the world, repentance, baptism, the second coming of Christ, and eternity. Therefore, it is essential that we study the Bible to know what was taught by Jesus and his apostles. Or we will could find ourselves teaching, saying, or doing things that may not be true. We may even struggle in our walk and relationship. Once we understand the, those teachings, we must do them and teach them. During this lesson, we will look at some ways that we may grow in apostolic doctrine. And so to start with, you know, we have to know the doctrine. That's why when you begin to study and look at the word, you see the value and the importance of reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay? So the Bible has, and I'll say this over and over, has everything we need to be successful. God did not save us to fail. He saved us to be successful. He saved us to take us to a better place. He saved us to show us how to live this life and to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. He don't want his children to struggle. He don't want us to walk around uh, not knowing. Amen. So we have to uh, purpose in our heart that we're going to look into the Word of God and study the Word of God. So we have to, first of all, hear. If you notice when Isaiah, the Bible says in Isaiah 60, when the year the king Uzziah died, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in his, his and he, and the, he was set upon the throne and his train filled the temple. And above him stood the serpents, each having six wings, with twain they covered their face, and with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly, and they cried one to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord host, the whole earth is full of his glory. And he says, In the post of the doors moved the him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I says, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, for I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar, and he placed it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquities removed, and thy sins are purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who will go for us, and who shall I send? And I says, Here, my Lord, send me. And he says, Go tell these people, Hear thee, but understand not. And, you know, and and give them instruction so that they can see. See, and so that's what God desires of us is He wants us to be able to see clearly what His Word is showing us so that we can grow. So we must first, in order to understand doctrine, you've got to. Hear doctrine. Amen. Proverbs tell us, amen, to get wisdom with all thy getting, to get and understand it. Amen. We have to be able to hear it. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
So we have to hear the word of God in order to be able to know what was taught. You know, some churches you go to, they never teach you anything. You know, you've got to be able to hear. The Bible says constantly in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. See, you have to open your understanding. Anytime you go to church, anytime you go to a Bible study, you want to pay attention to what is being said. Because sometimes it's those minor details, you know, those minor things that you have to be able to hear to gain the understanding that you need to put the pieces together. As the Bible says, precepts shall be upon precepts, line upon line, here little, there little. So when you're studying your word of God, if you've read your Bible through any time, pretty soon, and you've been in church for any period of time, pretty soon those things you've heard, as you're reading, all of a sudden it begins to click. It begins to click, and you begin to put the pieces together. Most of us that's been in the church for a while, and we're reading something that is in the New Testament, and, it, and all of a sudden it strikes you, you know automatically where to go back to the Old Testament to be able to find it. You know, and that's because you're hearing. Amen. Because the more you hear, the more you're going to know. And you got to get understanding. Amen. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that I get in, get an understanding. You know, and to get an understanding, you got to dig in it. You've got to uncover it. You've got to study it. So we want to have that understanding because if I don't understand, then I don't know the application and how it applies to me. Say that my overall goal is I need to learn how does what God's word says apply to me. Because if I'm going to have life in that more abundantly, then I got to understand these things. If I'm going to make it to heaven, I, then I need to know what I got to do to get to heaven and how I stay on that course so that I'm not swayed or distracted to get off course. Then I must live it. Once I apply it, I got to live it the way that I am supposed to live. James tells us in James 1, he says, don't just be a hearer of God's word. You've got to be a doer of God's word. Amen. And once we learn how to do what God's word is telling us, we find that we are going to grow. Amen. The more you apply, the more you're going to grow. And then we must never let it go. Amen. Proverbs 4.13 tell us to take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Amen. So get a hold of it and don't let her go. Hold on to her. Amen. Because she's your life. Amen. Because, And then you can understand by just that one scripture right there, you can understand where Paul is coming from in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and righteousness that the man of God shall be perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. God wants us to be complete. He wants us to have the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding and the things that we need, amen, to do what he's asking us to do. If I'm going to be his disciples, then I have to know what was taught. Say, it, it, it was like when I joined the army, you know, all new soldiers, you are taught the basic things to survival. The basic survival skills is the doctrine that the military teaches you. So if I was to ask you what is the basic fundamental doctrine of the United Pentecostal Church International, would you know it? You know, I, I get a lot of people say to me sometimes, you know, call and want to know about the church, and the first thing they want to know is, what is your doctrine? You know? And I tell them the basic fundamental doctrine of this organization shall be the Bible standard of full salvation, which is repentance, what a baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, 
in the feeling of the Holy Ghost arose with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of the Lord give utterance. See, that's the basic fundamental doctrine of the organization. Where did that come from? What is it? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as the minister of the Lord our God shall call. Amen. And, he, and then it goes on that we shall endeavor to keep the unity of the faith until we all come into the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. And we build the unity now because the body has got to fit firmly together. We're not divided. God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. We must love him with all our hearts and soul and our mind. See, and most people struggle in their walk because they don't know the doctrine. See, and so Jesus says, if you have known me, you should know my doctrine. You should know what he taught. And it's important to, to follow that example. So most Christians, they join churches and they have no clue what those churches are teaching. People jump from church to church and, and they really don't know where they're going, and what they're looking for. See, we got to know the doctrine. Amen. We need to know the difference between the doctrine and the articles of faith. And this is why so many people struggle and never commit to the sound doctrine. Amen. Paul told Titus, he says, that he should teach what? Sound Doctrine, things that are firm, things that are steadfast and unmovable. So to know the doctrine, you have to study and apply yourself to know it. To apply doctrine, you must hear it, you must understand it, you know the application of it, you must live it, and you must teach it to others. Everything that Jesus and the apostles taught was to give you newness of life. Amen. To encourage you, to strengthen you, to cause you to have a healthy and prosperous life. To learn how to live without being stressful, fearful, and hopeless. Amen. To teach you how to navigate through this life that we now live in. Look at Luke chapter 8. The Lord began to tell us that a soil went forth to sow seed. Luke chapter 8, starting with verse 5, I think it is. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trotted down, and the fowls of the air devoured it, and some fell among rocks, and as soon as it sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it, and others fell on good ground and sprang up in their fruit even a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, What? He that hath an ear, let him hear. Amen. He's trying to give us some instructions here. Amen. Let him hear. And his disciples asked him, says, What might this parable be? And he said unto you, It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Notice. He's using this to show hidden things of the kingdom of God. But unto others in parables that seeing they might not see, and hearing they may not understand. So he takes them back to Isaiah chapter 6 here. Amen. Is what Jesus is coming from. That's why Isaiah's gospel uh, teachings and writings is so prevalent to your understanding of who Jesus Christ truly is. If you really want to know who Jesus was, read the book of Isaiah. Amen. And it will reveal to you and open your understanding. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Say 
So a sower is going to go forth to sow. And so he sows his seed. It's the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then come the devil and take away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. See, so he gives you warning here that we need to be aware that we don't get distracted during the teaching process that we miss what God is trying to show us. He says the devil is going to take it away. That by the wayside, if you let the distractions and things keep coming into your life and cause you to miss what God has said, that's the goal of the enemy is he wants to distract you so you don't hear. Because he knows faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, so if the seed can get into your heart and you can get an understanding of what is being said, you're going to grow. And the enemy don't want you to grow. He don't want you to have a relationship with God. He don't want you to know who Jesus is. He don't know, want you to know what God has prepared for you. That's why Paul says, I have not seen and ear has not heard, neither have it in and into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Say, but there's so much God has for us. You know, there's more than just this. The more we grow, the more we get into the Word of God, the things will open. As the substance says, open thou my understanding that I may behold the wonders out of thy law. See, the Word of God is designed to help us, to build us, to strengthen us. If you notice, it's called milk. It's called honey. All the good things that cause us to grow, to build our bones, to help us to stand firm, comes through the Word of God. Say, I have to build the, the, the spiritual man. I don't want to build the fleshly man. I want him to be weaker than my spiritual man. Say, cause if my spiritual man is okay and my spiritual man is strong, I can control my flesh. I can make right choices and right decisions. But if I allow my flesh to take preeminence and be stronger than my spiritual man, then I'm going to probably make wrong choices and wrong decisions in life. So the enemy wants to distract you. He wants to do everything he can in his power to keep you focused away from God and God's word. So we have to realize when this comes, it is the enemy trying to distract you. Amen. Then verse 13, they, they on the rock are they which when they hear, Receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in times of temptation, they fall away. What did Jesus tell us and pray? Lead us not into temptation. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, he says, There's no temptation that is taking you, but such that is common to man. But God is faithful who would not allow you to be attempted above that which you are able. But with the temptation, he will make a way of escape. So you can't allow the enemy to tempt you, to pull you away. Amen. You've got to realize you want to be rooted. See, in order to become rooted, you've got to have commitment. So you've got to commit yourself. You've got to commit yourself to study. You've got to commit yourself to worship. You've got to commit yourself to praising God. Then doing what you read. I can read it all day long, but if I don't commit it to apply it, it's not going to do me any good. See, I want to hide, as David said, that word have I hid in my heart so I won't sin against you. See, I have to commit myself to the things of God if I'm going to grow. It's no different than going to school, Sister Michaela. If you're going to graduate with what you plan on graduate, graduating as, you've got to commit yourself. You have to commit yourself to study. You have to commit yourself to, to do the best you can on your examinations. You have to commit yourself to look ahead. Amen. But where you're trying to get to accomplish your goals and your vision, that's with all of us. You know, it's, it's no different. Say, and so this is what we have to do. We have to commit ourselves because if not, notice what he said. In the time of temptations, you're going to fall away. You'll quit. 
See, we have to settle this thing in our hearts and in our minds that we're not going to quit. We're going to be victorious. Then he goes on and says, And that which fell among thorns are they which when they had heard, have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. So he gives us another warning. Don't let the cares of this life control you. Say, you have to learn how to deal with your cares. Yes, cares are going to come. That's, that's part of life. We're going to have things that's going to come into our lives. That's all part of the, the, this life we're in. But I cannot allow my cares to take my focus away from God and the things of God. Say, because if I do, what's going to happen? It's going to choke the word out of me. And without the word, I'm going to die. Say, because God is the word. So we don't want things to choke you. You don't want things strangling you. You don't want things hindering you from growing to be strong. You know, if our children aren't growing at a certain amount of time, we become concerned. Well, it's kind of the same thing Paul writes into the church in Hebrews. He says, the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teacher again, which become the first principles of the workers of God. See, if we're studying, if we're hearing, if we're applying, then we should be growing to where we're able to teach others also. That's why Paul is saying in the book of Philippians chapter 4, and then verse 9 to Timothy, I, I, I meant to the church of Philippi, excuse me, he says, the thing which you have learned and heard and seen and need do in the God of love and peace will be with you. And then he tells them in 2 Timothy, he tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, he says, the things that you have seen in me commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. See, so we want to grow in this doctrine so that we have understanding of what we're teaching. Because if we don't know what we're teaching, then we could teach the wrong thing. See, so we have to learn how to hear. We have to learn how to take care of the cures that comes into our lives so that we don't struggle in our walk with God. See, we have to commit ourselves uh, to these things. So we, it's no different when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaching. All of it has spiritual application. He calls you the salt of the earth. He calls you the light of the world. Say, you change your environment and you shine bright for him. Say, so we have to realize that it's designed to help us to grow. Say, and to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. First Timothy chapter one. Speaking sound doctrine. First Timothy chapter one. Everybody there. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandments of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which are, which is our hope. Unto Timothy, our own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightst charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Notice. They had to teach the same thing. Say, not what they want to teach. Notice when the day on Pentecost in Acts, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Say, they continued. That's why Jude was saying, verse 3 in the book of Jude, beloved, it was needful for me to admonish you of what? The common salvation. There's not five, six, seven different salvations. There's only one salvation. Repent. 
Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men, whereby we must be saved. See, we've got to teach and preach the same thing. See, I don't care what denomination you belong to. Jesus Christ is not divided. He, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. See, so they was commanded to teach the same thing. So notice what Paul says to me. Verse 3, as I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus when I met in the Macedonia, that thou might charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables of inner genealogies, which minister questions, rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith and fame, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jingling, designed to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawful, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and the disobedience, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murders of fathers and murders of mothers, and for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stillers, for liars, for purchased persons, and if there be anything other that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. See, so once we have this truth, that is exactly what we are supposed to teach. No other doctrine. If all scripture is given by inspiration of God, then we have to teach what God says to teach. Amen. Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, he says, This know also that, you know, no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation, but the holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the anointing and the unction of the word of God comes from God so that we can teach others also. So we want to teach sound doctrine, things that will impact, things that will last. Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. See, so we want to teach things that are solid. Precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We want to build on that same foundation. Why did, because Paul says in 1 Thessalonians uh, 3.11, for other foundations can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we, everything that we do must be built on that foundation. The teachings that we do has got to be built to solidly form, plainly together on that foundation. As he told Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 4, amen, he says, I charge thee before the Lord Jesus Christ here, amen, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead as his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn to fables. So see, notice what he said. They're going to go away from the doctrine. So many people are walking away from the doctrine. Amen. You go away from the doctrine is because you allow, and as Jesus said, but the seed, people are letting it cares of this life and the enemy choke it and take it out of you and lack of commitment. You know, you've got to learn that you was chosen, amen, to put on a journey to go to a better place. Amen. So don't let these things distract you. You've got to build up yourself on your most holy faith. And so the teachings that has been taught to you now in these last days, you need to be solid as a rock. Amen. 
Because if not, anything that will be shaken will be shaken. So you, you've got to be able to hold on, amen, in the storms of life that are coming against the church. The church is, is being hit, you know, and so therefore the things we learn now, we've got to take commitment and steadfastness. Don't allow people of this world to distract you to try to persecute. Well, you know you're going to be persecuted, okay? And we already know that. See, so if anybody should be strong, is the children of God. See, because right now the world is trying to distract you with all the same-sex marriage things and, you know, with all, everybody's prejudice and everybody is, you know, is hateful and everybody, church hates everybody and all these kind of things. Well, that's a tactic of the enemy to distract you. To get you off course, say, to get you to give up and to question your walk and to question your salvation and to question what you believe, say, so therefore you need to stand strong. As Paul told Titus in chapter 2, but speak the things which become sound doctrine, good doctrine. Amen. Show people how to live. Show them, you know, the things that's going to make them better Christians. Show them how to to endure hardness as a good soldier. Amen. Show them how to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Hold on. Don't give up. Amen. Be sober. Be vigilant. Amen. Let the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith. Notice, in charity, in patience. Get soundness. Notice, don't, don't, you know, this is the thing that will make you, is when you're solid in your beliefs. But if you don't study, if you don't listen, you're not going to be solid. The wind is going to blow. The storms are going to come. As Paul told Timothy in the, in, in, the, in the third chapter of the second Timothy, this do also in the last time, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient in parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, incontinence, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minders, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof from such turn away. For this sort of the day which creep in the house and we captive silly women later with sin, ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth shall make you free. And if the truth and son shall make you free, you're supposed to be free all the time. You're not supposed to be in bondage. Is there a song you said, what are you doing in jail? Jesus paid the bill. <laughs> Amen. See, you're supposed to be free. Free to worship. Free to lift your hands. Amen. Don't let things bind you. So you need to be sound in the faith. I believe God. Amen. This is a true saying. Amen. If we be dead with him, we're going to live with him. If we deny him, he'll deny us. If we believe not, he's still faithful. He can't deny who he is. He's God. See, so the teachings of, of God and the apostles was to build our faith, to build our strength. That's why when you look at Jesus constantly to his disciples, as he put them in a boat and he sends them out, what is he doing? He's building their faith. He's trying to show them, even in the storms of life, look guys, when things come against you, don't lose your faith. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. You just hold on. I'd be right on. As I heard a song says the other day, this, I think it was today, and I was, my jet lag is hitting me, but it, it, uh, the day in the car, he, he was saying that, you know, four days late, Jesus is still on time. <laughs> he, he's still on time. See? So we've got to be sound 
in the faith. That's why the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we call it the faith chapter, is so that we study it to see what transpired and how they got through what they got through. It was by their faith. They had to get to a point where they trust God, believe God, and says, I know he's going to come through for me, and if not, everything's still going to work out okay. See? So we, we have to be strong in our faith. We've got to be sober. We've got to be grave. We've got to have self-control. And that's why the teachings is, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, it talks about temperance, self-control. We have to learn how to control us. And that's what the Word of God is designed to do, is to help me control me. I, I You know, I, I used to do all kinds of crazy stuff. But now, no. I make right choices and right decisions because the Word of God helps to self-discipline us and to help us to have control of life. It teaches us. So we have to have sound faith. We got to have sound in charity. I got to have love. I got to love God more than anything else. And I have to love my neighbor as myself. See? The world is turned upside down because people don't love. Notice what the world is teaching. Everybody hates everybody. You know, you hate me. No, I don't hate you. You know, it's, it's constantly. That's, that's the enemy's pounding board right now. See? So we can't be drawn into this. We've got to be sound and firm in our love for God and for one another. We have to be sound in our patience. We have to learn how to wait. Don't, don't feel like I gotta have it right now. Don't get drawn into that trap. See? Learn how to wait. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, Jesus says in Luke 12, 32, in your patience, Possess you your soul. Learn how to wait. Just keep serving God. The best way to wait is just serve God. While, you, while you're going through whatever you're going through and while you're waiting on, whatever you wait on, just keep serving. Because what usually happens when you're serving is it takes your mind off what you're going through. See? It gives you the peace that passeth all understanding. That the aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the younger women, women, excuse me, to be sober, to love their husbands. Notice. Teach you how to love your husband. Think about that. To love their children. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise, exalt to be sober-minded. In all things, show thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exalt servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. See, we're supposed to be wearing this doctrine. See? Can people tell that you long to him? And people see you today and say, well, there's one of them holy rollers. <laughs> there's Jesus' children. Yeah. Our conduct, our actions, see, based on the teaching of the doctrine, should cause us to reflect him. That's what it's all about. See, everything that he taught us, is to be a reflection of him. And that's what the apostles are teaching as well, is 
the things that will make us to become like him, to move us to perfection so that we will reflect him in the whole earth. Let your light shine so men will see your good works and glorify your fathers, which is in heaven. Amen. That's why the Bible tells us there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. See, God don't want you walking around condemning yourself. But that's what's happening in the world today. Is people is constantly condemning themselves. I'm not good enough. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too ugly. Nobody likes me. You know, that's, that's self-condemnation. And, it, and it's happened with our children all over. You know, first and second grade kids, man, we used to be playing with everybody. And then all of a sudden somebody says, you don't like me. You know, he says I'm ugly. You know. But see, if we allow that to get into our hearts, see, then that's what the enemy desires to do. But see, God's word was designed to teach us. Notice what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 17. He says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He says, here's condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light. Why? They're evil deeds. The more evil people do in the world, see, the darker it's going to be. See? So don't get drawn into that trap. You belong to God. He loves you. It's my favorite song. Out of all the people in the world, he chose me. You think about it. Out of all the people in the world, God chose you. Seven, some billion people. And think of all the ones that's passed and gone away. And he chose you. He chose me. Amen. So why am I going to let be condemning myself? He makes all things beautiful in his time. Amen. Let him work. His teachings is designed to make you feel so good about who you are. Don't focus on this temporal. That's what people keeps doing. You're looking at this temporal. Don't focus on the temporal. Focus on the eternal. Amen. The things that are seen are what? Temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. When we die, this ain't going with us. It's staying here. It's dirt. We're going to get a new body and a new spirit. Amen. We're going to reign with him forever and ever. So don't beat yourself up, please. Just every day you wake up, you look in the mirror, and you just say, Wow, Dad, I'm so glad you made me the way I am. Amen. Wow, look how good I look in the mirror. Come on. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Amen. You are his child. And this is what the Lord's word is trying to get us to see. Mark them to call offense contrary to the doctrine and avoid them. Romans 16, 17. Amen. If somebody's condemning you, guess what? You know they're not in the doctrine of Christ. If somebody is persecuting you, you know they're not in the doctrine of Christ. Say, you know who their father is. <laughs> He's the devil. Amen. And so therefore, we must, amen, have this doctrine steadfast. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. See, and we must, notice what Moses says, and we must love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength. And these words I command you must be hidden 
in your heart, and you must teach them diligently to your children. And you must talk about them when you're in your house, when you're in the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you write them as frontless before you, put them as frontless before your eyes, you write them on your hand, you write them on your doorpost and your gateposts, all over. The old Israel. It's one Lord. See, and that's what you've got to teach. God is one. And that's why you read the book of Isaiah. You know, I am the Lord. There is none out there. You know, Jesus says, if you don't believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins, right? right. See, because nobody can save but God alone. Right. See, so the one you're going to be with forever, you need to know him. You don't need to struggle with this. A lot of people struggle with this. You don't have to try to explain it. <laughs> Just believe it for yourself. You know? God will give you the words to say at the right time. If you need to teach somebody the wonders of God, he'll, he'll give you the right words to say at the right time. He'll give you the wisdom and the knowledge. As you grow in him, you will see. That the light will come on and you will have the clear understanding of what you need to teach. Amen. Gill's commentary says, sound doctrine ought to be spoken out openly and publicly, fully and faithfully, with great plainness and evidence that it may be understood and known by all, and with much certainty, without hesitation, as being without controversy. Well, we heard that word before. Undoubtful truth, undoubted truth, and with all boldness, not fear men or seeking to please them. And it should be constantly and continually spoken in season and out of season. And care should be taken that it be spoken consistently and in a uniform manner, that there be no clashing and contradictions in the duties of religion, which become sound doctrine, should be set in their true right and proper place as fruits of the grace of God and to glorify him. These should be spoken out plainly, frequently, instantly upon, and warmly and zealously urged as being decent things for the honor of God, the recommended of religion, the good of mankind, and the service of one another. Sound doctrine. Sound teaching. Things that has proven to work. You stop and think. How long has this book been written? (laughs) Some says over 2,000 years. That tells you it's pretty solid stuff. (laughs) This is pretty solid stuff. You know, and when we learn it and we apply it, we will be just like those who's gone before us, who endured unto the end. Amen. Look at Hebrews 11 real quick. Verse 33, I mean 32. The writer of Hebrews, some contributor, Paul says, and what more shall I say? Or the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Japheth and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith secured kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness was made strong, waxed valiant and fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women receiving their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel markings and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sold as under. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destituted, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens and caves in the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, Receive not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Wherefore, seeing we are also 
so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which should so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You have not resisted to blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh to you as to children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he received. If you endure chastening, God deal with you as with sons. Uh, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, where if you are partakers, then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirit and live? For they barely for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Amen. So we can see here that God has a purpose. Amen. Faith will propel you to keep going. That's why Jesus taught so much about faith. That's why this story is here, to give us an, a peek into what they went through. Notice all the things they did, what they went through in life, but they held on. They looked for that city which had foundation, whose builder and maker is God. See, faith will keep you going. That's why there's so much teaching in the doctrine of Jesus Christ about faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, is the evidence. That's why it says, cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God. Notice all the teachers of patience. Patience, patience. Wait, wait. You know, learn to hold on. Learn to endure hardness as a good soldier. All that propels your faith. So we're going to talk about these things, some of these doctrines that we need in this 21st century to be solid in, say, because the world is turned upside down. And we have to be solid if we're going to deliver and be the light that they need to see. And we have to have it in us so that as Paul says, be ready, Peter, excuse me, to give an account of everyone that has to you the hope that is in you without fear. See, you've got to be ready to teach now. See, but you've got to know what you've got to teach. And it requires you and I to study, to prepare ourselves, to get into the word of God and let God lead us. Amen? Wonderful, wonderful. Jesus is to me. He's the counselor, the prince of peace. The mighty God is he. 